Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones, and this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. Coming to you yet again for episode 103 of the old Church Planner Podcast. No, it's the new Church Planner Podcast. <laughs> we don't want the old Church Planner Podcast. <laughs> the new Church Planner Podcast. You know, we're doing this one at an odd time for us. It's 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday. That's not when we normally record. We're more of like a Friday morning duet. and um pretty broken... I, you know, I think the reason why this isn't a good time for me to do a podcast is I've been working all day. So yeah. my mind is like on work mode. I got nothing funny. I got, I got no antidotes I can tell, no good stories other than the I one know, I just told yeah. you before that I can't repeat because you know why I can't repeat it. But, you know, I got yeah, no good stories yeah. to tell. Yeah. And, uh, also we, uh, you know, we, uh, uh, three o'clock is like a weird time where you feel like you still got a bunch to do, but you know it's the end of the day. So you're kind of in a funk. At least I am at three. If I'm working on a project, three o'clock is a bad time for me. Yeah, it's not the end of the day for me. I mean, when you're, well, I mean, you're practically self-employed, but when you're self-employed, it's really hard to turn things off. But Wednesdays, Jamie works. She works usually until about eight o'clock at night. So Wednesday, I don't stop until... About eight o'clock at night. Wow. Yeah, no, uh, I'm I'm a union pastor. I gotta say, work made hours. <laughs> Three o'clock is the home stretch for me. It's not the clock off time, but it's getting there. I know that that signals, hey, you have a lot of lot of time here to get done what you need getting done. But we did have something kind of funny uh, before, and uh, you didn't get it, so you didn't think it was funny. And probably no, I didn't. Our, I didn't get it. I, no, most of our audience probably won't get it. And I knew, you know, sometimes we pray and. Oh, we always pray, right, before the podcast. You know, Lord, help us not screw this up too bad. And we uh, we are praying, and, and we our topic is a little bit different today. 
where we're actually uh, you're going to kind of lead out with the topic because it's it's more your expertise. And I'm I and I while we're praying, which by the way, like, now I've got a funny story. <laughs> now you just reminded me of one. Well, so you know, I I said, oh, I'm going to be the the Ed McMahon. You know, like during my prayer, I'm like, yeah. So you know, thanks for Pete's uh, skill set. He's going to be the Ed McMahon. And no sooner did I say that. Then in my mind, I was about to pray that you get anointing. And I started busting up because I started to pray. And Lord, give him the anointing of Dick Clark. And and I'm laughing, going, Oh, that's so wrong. And you're just sitting there and I'm like, you don't, you know, and 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 turned out you didn't even get what I was talking about. But I did not. Still don't. Ladies actually. and gentlemen, Pete Mitchell has the anointing of Dick Clark. It, it's been going around the internet, you know, that you are. Uh, oh, and that was that was hilarious this week on Facebook. Where uh, that that was the funny story I was going to bring. Oh my up. gosh! All right, go for it, go for it, man. Because well, that no, ties was, in now. Now you're like this legendary pastor online <laughs> who has the anointing of Dick Clark. As no, all I did was I I reposted someone else's article on Facebook of like, um, let me see, I've got it right here: the ten richest pastors in the world for 2014. Of which, like, six or seven of them are in Nigeria. Of, like, all countries, <laughs> they're in Nigeria. I mean, we're talking pastors that are worth $40 million, you know, like, some significant money. So, it. this one guy who's um, a friend of mine, he's hired me in the past. He's a broker. Um, he's a, a Catholic, and interestingly enough, he's had a um, a near-death experience, not like yours, but he had a massive heart attack that should have killed him and um, just, you know, wasn't his time. So he didn't die. And, and he was very successful before that. He owns a real estate brokerage. And this is right before the crash, right? Right before the crash in like 2007, 2008, that time frame. And so he has this massive heart attack and realizes, hey, look, if something happens to me, my wife will never know what to do with all this real estate we got. So he liquidates everything right before the crash. I mean, like perfect timing to get out of the real estate market, all because of this heart attack that he had. Wow. And so he's kind of had like the second, um, the second wind of, you know, what am I, how am I going to make my life count kind of a thing? And, you know, he said to me, because he's not, he's not very, um, well, I mean, he, I don't know how vocal he is about his faith, but it's not like it comes up often in our conversations. But he knows he can say things with me because he gets my marketing newsletter, and I'm always referring to the church planner stuff that we're doing. Um, so, you know, he, he he was just like, hey, you know, I, I want to do more for Jesus. All right, you know, Jesus, everything I do, this is for you. So he makes a serious comment on there. And all my point was in putting up there the 10 richest pastors was, dude, I'm moving to Nigeria and starting a church there because those people know how to tithe. And that's half the battle right there. They've already been yeah. trained properly to tithe. If you got pastors that are making 40 million in Nigeria of all places. So then he asked like a serious question, you know, like what do I think about, uh, you know, how much is too much for pastors and stuff like that. Yeah. And everyone's got their opinion on that. Say that again. Well, no, it was funny because it it was it it was like a serious question, but everybody just responded to it. like I think was I the first one where I go yes, uh, Pastor Pete. Now that you're well, what it was, well, yeah, I don't know, I don't know exactly because I finally answered it seriously, right? And then um, 
you know, Hector Mora put something on there, and then Jay Fulton put Pete Mitchell, you're a sage. And so I put Jay, I don't think anyone would accuse me of that. To which you piped in, Pete's a closet minister. And then Jay goes, Pete, come out of the closet. And then you put, did you see the movie he was in? Obviously referencing <laughs> the fact you that I was a nerve. I was a homosexual biker in a in a made for DVD movie with uh, Leah Thompson, who was also in Back to the Future. So you know that's 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 who I was with. That was my co star. Yeah, for my one tenth of a second on screen, uh, you know, movie de- debut. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty awesome stuff, man. So you, uh, in one week, man, you came out of the closet. You just dispensed tons of pastoral advice online, and uh, you know the new listener right now sitting there going, "What are these guys? T- I don't. I thought this was going to be about pastors and church planting. No, we've got. Oh, you know, what people are thinking right now. I don't know what these guys are all about." Yeah, so so welcome to the Church Planner Podcast, and uh, where we talk about things that are important to you as a church planner, which uh, it becomes more and more evident the the more of these that you guys are getting through. And so today, actually, we are going to talk about a topic that is uh, kind of close to, uh, I would say, our listeners' hearts, because we keep getting a bunch of requests for people. It, it's almost kind of like, you know, we're holding Pete Mitchell back, you know, like he's frothing at the mouth. Let me at him, you know, let me tell him about, you know, how to strike it on their own. Our guys keep saying, when are we going to hear uh, Pete talk about? <laughs> this will be the last time they ever do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and so they're going, hey, when when are we going to hear from Pete? Because, Pete, you, you got, you've got some great, um, obviously, you've got a business background. You're an entrepreneur. So you haven't, it's not like a guy who starts up a business. You've. You're an entrepreneur. You you start things and then you move on. And you know, as, as they're successful, you either hand them off, sell them, um, you know, do whatever you got to do, or shut them down. And so, um, you know, but you you are always seeing opportunity uh, where I would say people who are not entrepreneurial don't. And so, uh, it's probably one of the reasons why you got church planning right away because. It's like being a gospel entrepreneur, um, but you, uh, yeah, so you you keep, I mean, many times throughout the podcast, I've heard you pop up and say, you know, I've got an idea of church planners would utilize such and such. It would really make sense. Or if they want to do such and such business uh, as their tent making job and free them up to do what they got to do for church planning. So I'm going to just kind of give you the floor here and let you let you go to work, man. Well, my biggest advice would be to just uh, go get a job at a coffee house. There, yeah. I'm done. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I, but I mean, they need money, Pete. They need money. How 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 can they get money? Don't you? I, I don't know. Don't you get paid at a coffee house, or, or are you paid in beans? <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing, right? Like, there's always this trade-off. If your needs are met in another way. Like, let's say you uh, join Stadia or Converge or the Southern Baptists and they give you money, then it's not a bad idea to go get a job at a coffee house that you're not dependent on for finances. Just a little part-time thing that gets you out in the community around people, preferably on a Saturday or time when, when traffic's coming in. But, you know, obviously the average guy is not going to be able to support his family on a Starbucks paycheck. So there are other ways. 
So the toss up, uh, the toss up is really always between maximum exposure to people in your community and the ability to feed your family. And so there's a, yeah. there's kind of a trade-off that always happens, almost like a scale. The more money you make, probably the less around the people in your community are going to be. And that's why you've kind of in the past said, well, think about sales, right? But, well, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, here, here's the thing about this topic, because I really want to be careful in how I approach this. There are as many ways to make money in the world as there are people. And that doesn't mean they're all going to be right for everyone. So there, there's this, this balancing act that you've got to do of what am I good at? What do I get enjoyment out of? What do I need? And what, what can I do to make money? And um, so I, I want to be careful and just say that, you know, we'll, we'll talk about a few different things on the podcast here. Um, but the reality is, is it may not be right for you, you know, who's listening, because I'm also coming at it from my personality, um, who I am, my experiences, things like that. So I mean, I already come with all this baggage, just like we've all got baggage. So I'm coming at it from one angle. And, uh, and I've met a lot of guys. I've had a lot of guys work for me over the years who I look at and I go, they could not do some of the things that I do. They're not wired that way. That's just not how they work. And, and that's a really, I think, important thing for people to realize, you know, what am I wired to do? And kind of one of the downsides I see to uh, the multi-level world, the network marketing world, is, um, and I mean, most people know what network marketing is. I mean, wasn't the last podcast we were joking around that Barry's finally an American because he's gone to his first Amway meeting? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, most people know what it is. But one of the downsides to those businesses, in my opinion, is they basically say everybody could do this. Everybody could can fit into this box and it's a turnkey business and they go on and on about the system and all you need is the system and it's not true. It's flat out 100% not true. That's why like 98% of people fail in network marketing because it does not work that way for everybody. Not everyone is wired that way. Um, you know, I was in a network marketing uh, company years and years ago, and they used to talk about the three foot rule, you know, talk to everyone within three feet of you. And it was like, are you kidding me? I mean, you know this about me. I go to church and I hate talking to people <laughs> like that is just not how I'm wired. Yeah, Pete, Pete doesn't like discussion groups that we have at our church every week, and he does not hug. No, no. I told you about that church Jamie and I visited, and I walk up to the, the greeter. This is a client. He goes, oh, yeah, this, we're going to this church in Long Beach. You ought to come visit it. And we hadn't found a home church at the time, so we're like, all right, we'll go check it out. We go, and I literally walk up to the front door, and the greeter doesn't say a word to me, just walks up to me and gives me some big bear hug. And Jamie goes, you should have seen your face. Cause I was like, oh, oh, I don't know. And I was like, just get me out of here. Just get me out of this church. I don't want to be here anymore. It was That's awesome. It was so, so bad. So I reckon that your, uh, your ideal friend at church would be Mr. T. Cause you know, he, he Hey, don't hug me sucker. You know? And then like during, you know, you'd be like, yeah, see, I've been trying to tell everybody that. And then, and then in discussion group, 
someone would say something like, you know, that doesn't line up with the Bible, which is kind of the point, right? Like when we're doing discussion groups, we want to hear lost people. Uh, but he would shut the conversation down, which would also make you feel comfortable. He'd be like, shut up, fool. You know, and you'd be like, yeah. Do see? you know why Mr. T had all those gold chains around his neck? <laughs> I have no idea. Because he used to be a bouncer. And when he would uh, kick people out, he'd take their gold chain. No yep. stinking way. Yeah, he was a bouncer at a club. And when people no would cut up way. and he'd that have to like so kick cool. them out, he'd take their gold chain. I, I do think he's the ideal pastor. I mean, he, he wouldn't really do well in uh, refuge because, you know, he would kind of shut down the discussion a little bit. But uh, that'd be cool, man. That'd be cool. Do you think Do you think now that he's a preacher and a pastor, he takes a trophy from everyone that he leads to Christ? <laughs> he's like, give me one of your keys, sucker. You owe me eternity. <laughs> I have no idea. I've never, I've heard that he's a pastor, but I've never <laughs> seen him. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what to say, man. You know, until I see someone preach or whatever, I don't know what kind of pastor he is. I don't he's, know he's like good. a street pastor. I kid you not. He's in a, a he ministers in a, in a broken down neighborhood. He's definitely not a faith preacher. Oh, cool. He's the real deal, man. Wow. That's cool. I mean, you know, what, yeah. what else would Mr. T be, right? I have no idea, man. Who knows? Hey, hey, we're, we're like doing this wrong. Like at three o'clock in the afternoon, not only are we not funny, but we also get the order wrong. So <laughs> Car carry on. Sorry. I, I sidetracked us into Mr. T. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, what can you do? I, I do like sales. You know, here, here's what I'd say. It depends on how much structure you need as a person. And a lot of times people say, oh, I don't need structure. You know, I'm a church planner. I can go out there and do it myself. That's not necessarily what I mean. Uh, I mean, maybe you do or you don't need someone to tell you, hey, you got to come into work at, you know, 8 o'clock every day. And you got to put in your eight hours. Because you know this, Peyton. That's one of the hardest things for people to get used to when they're self-employed. Um, yeah. You know that from ministry. Like, yeah. you have to be self-motivated. Like, you have to, like, I get up. I go to work, I work all day, I'm done. Yep. And um, you see that a lot with people in ministry who are like, well, you know, I don't have a boss anymore. You know, I'm the pastor of the church and I got a paycheck. And they start slacking off. I mean, so when, yeah, when I, what was that? Oh, ab absolutely. I mean, you you know, one, one of the greatest dangers for guys who suddenly find that they can, quote unquote, uh, work for the church is that they screw around and waste a lot of time and you just, yeah, if, if you are not a self-starter, if you don't have a work ethic, um, you, you just not cut out for that, please. go. And, but you can learn it. And I mean, cause I think everyone has to go through this learning curve Yeah. of, uh, and, and I've gone through different stages, like, um, in my financial planning business, uh, for years I had an office and, I had a guy who worked with me and it really helped because we both went to the office. We both knew we were going to show up usually about the same time. I don't remember what it was. It was probably like nine or 10 o'clock. Knowing me, it was probably 10 o'clock and you know, we'd work all day. We would do our appointments that night, but because there was like this camaraderie, even though we were self-employed, I mean, he, he didn't get paid for being there. He had to go out and work. I got paid when he did business. That's the beauty of having a business, right? But yeah. he had to go out and work uh, in order to get paid. Um, it helped. It helped being in that kind of environment. So, 
you know, if you're like, well, what am I going to do as a church planner? Maybe you just need to go get a job. Like maybe that's the easy solution. Um, I obviously, we've talked about it on the podcast. I love sales because selling is one of those industries or one of those skill sets rather that when you've mastered it, everybody needs you. Like you can get a job anywhere because you can sell. And everybody's got to sell. Nothing in America happens until something is bought or sold. That's just the bottom line. Everyone was like, oh, I got this great company and, you know, um, you know, we've got this great widget over here. And, oh, we don't like selling. Well, then you're going to go out of business. You know, welcome. Um, so, yeah. So sales is one of those things that I really like. Um, we've had Tyrone on the podcast when you were gone one time. Uh, Tyrone and I did a podcast and we talked about selling. Real estate sales is one of those things that you've really got to be motivated. Like you've got to be self-motivated to do that because you might be in an office environment, but you're going to be in an office environment where 98% of the people in the office don't do anything. Like literally, statistically, they don't go out there. They don't make any sales. They're professional cubicle sitters, right? Right. So you could even be in an environment where you go someplace, but getting stuff done isn't going to happen. And, and if that's the case, you know, I'd really tell you that you've got to, um, you know, maybe get around some people who are really producers, uh, who, who know how to get things done. Um, you might need to hire a coach yourself. Uh, one of my clients right now, she actually coaches real estate agents. Of course she coaches really high end real estate agents because her, her, you know, one-on-one coaching is like 1500 a month. Um, that's a mortgage payment in most parts of the country. So, you know, she's, she's high end, but, uh, but some people need that. Right. And, and I love sales for that. But the thing that, that I look at right now, like the hot opportunity that I see in America today, and this is, this is really where I would tell most church planners right now. I mean, I have this conversation almost every day with different people, most of them non-church planners, They go, you know, where's the opportunity right now? The opportunity right now in America is becoming a consultant. And and basically, the skills that you have already developed from doing whatever jobs that you've done, you know, look at what you've done in your life. You can consult for other companies and help them improve their their businesses, help them improve their processes. Um, help them improve their marketing, things like that. And you will be paid handsomely to do that. And I really love consulting. And the area that I focus on right now, uh, obviously we've talked about it, you know, with the the book that I've got is, uh, is Facebook marketing. And, and, and really what I do is what's called a done for you service. Yeah. But it's a version of consulting and it's, I mean, right now it's like shooting fish in a barrel, man. You go to a company that needs more business and I'm like, look, we can do Facebook marketing for you. It's the hot topic right now. It's, and I tell my clients this all the time. I go, look, Facebook marketing right now or Facebook advertising. This is what Google AdWords was back in 2005, 2006, where you didn't even have to be good, where it costs like practically nothing and you can get a new client walking through your door. And, um, like, I'll give you an example. One of my clients is, uh, he actually, um, we might've even talked about him last week. I think we did. We mentioned it. Uh, he runs a, uh, a company called, uh, simplify church and they do accounting for churches and church plants. 
bookkeeping, accounting, payroll, keeping you in in um, accordance with all the IRS guidelines, making sure you don't have any embezzlement going on. And let me tell you guys, that stuff happens even in a church plant. Right. So, uh, I mean, the, the services that these guys have are just invaluable. And um, he read my book on Facebook advertising, and he started running some ads. And, and I remember seeing it because it came up in my news feed on Facebook. And I'm like, hey, you know, I don't think this ad's going to work. Don't give up on Facebook yet. And then he he turns around and hires me. And so when he hires me, we were going over his numbers. And I go, hey, you know, tell me what was your lead cost when you were running these ads? And basically, we figured it out. And it started out at about $9.30 a lead, and it ended at about like $16.50 a lead. And I actually was like blown away because that's still really good. Like in my mind, he wasn't doing the ads uh, the way that they should have been done, but he was still getting leads for like 16 bucks each at the end. I mean, what business wouldn't pay $16 for a lead? Almost, almost any business would because that's like dirt cheap. So then I start running it for him, and right and now let me, we're. Let me just let me just stop you for a second there because it is true. Like sixteen bucks, maybe if you're if you're going into business, seems like oh wow, sixteen bucks, you know, for each person, that's a lot. But well, it, it depends on the industry. But in a bookkeeping business, okay, they charge on average three hundred dollars a month. Some yeah. companies are, or some churches are more because they're a lot bigger. They got more expenses, and most of his clients never leave him. So it's not like he's got just $300 one time or $300 for a year. And that's it. He, he basically gets $300 a month for as long as that church is around. Yeah. So for him to pay 17 bucks a lead, that's nothing. And most businesses are that way. I don't know a single realtor who wouldn't pay $17 a lead. Cause that's just so stinking cheap. And then, well, and, you know, how much money are you going to get from that? So that's the thing, right? So, so you, I mean, when we're looking at it from the business standpoint, we go, okay, great. That's what my lead cost is. Now, how many leads does it take for me to get a conversion or how many leads does it take for me to get a sale? So what if it was 10 leads? Well, then that means it cost you $170 to get a sale because you had to go through okay. 10 leads to get one sale. Absolutely. So, so for the church planner listening right now, the reason that this is important is because if you are looking, we talked earlier about, look, you know, there are jobs that maximize your time in front of the community that you're trying to reach, like a coffee shop. But there are also jobs that maximize your time. In other words, the amount of the, the ratio between, you know, money and time is such that, you know, you spend, you get a lot more money for a lot less time with some of the stuff Pete's about to talk about. So it's going to maximize the amount of money you make in a smaller amount of time. And at first that may not, you know, well, you'll talk about all that, Pete, but this is, this is why this is useful to you as a church planner, because you are going to need time to do your tent making, make the profit, and then set aside your time. Like if Paul was just strapped with tent making and he didn't have time to preach the gospel, what good would that be? So what Pete has is a skill set that allows you as a church planner to come in and say, um, let me maximize your time. That's really what we're talking about. It sounds like we're just going off on a business tangent, but keep in mind, what is the goal of this? The goal is to maximize your time. Uh, in other words, to maximize the money, to save you as much time, to make you as much money to live off so that you can almost, you know, be bivocational, really have two jobs. That's what we're looking at. Yeah. And I mean, there's, and there's lots of different models that you can do with this. Like 
I've got a client in the financial planning business who um, worked at uh, Shell, uh, the oil company, for years, right? And was really good at what he did and then decided to start his own consulting company. And his first client was Shell. So essentially what he did was he just said, hey, look, I'm going to leave and I'm going to start my own consulting business, but I will consult with you. And the job that I was doing for you, you can just outsource it to me. He was actually able to get paid more money being a consultant than he could as an employee. And one of the reasons is because as an employee, Shell had to pay for his benefits, um, his defined benefit plan, his 401k, all that other stuff. And at the point he was at in his life, he just wanted the money. So he was actually able to make more money because they didn't have to pay the benefits and it was better for them to just hire him. So, I mean, that's one way to do consulting. Um, a lot of people right now can look at the job that they're doing and if it's, you know, anything that's not uh, commoditized, like if you're obviously working at a coffee shop, you're not going to be able to do this. But if you're at some business and you can go to the owners and say, hey, look, you know what? Um, I would probably just come out and say, look, I'm a church planner. I'm going to be starting this church over here. And I realize that I need more time to focus on that. Uh, but I would still like to consult for you. And in my consulting, this is what I'll be able to do. And this is what I would charge. Is that right. something you guys would consider? And you'd be surprised at how many companies will look at that and go, that's going to save us money. And you break, you tell them, this is going to save you money because you're not paying my health insurance. You're not paying my wife's health insurance. You're not paying blah, 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 blah. And, um, and then that also frees you up to go out and get, you know, another client or another two clients, or another five clients who are all paying that same amount. I mean, consulting just allows you to, uh, really multiply your efforts. So, uh, you know, one model I'm, I'm working with a guy right now out of Arizona and one of the models that he trains, he actually trains people on how to become a consultant. Uh, so he'll train guys basically to do um, a $10,000 a year uh, mastermind group. And what his consultants do is they just facilitate it. So they go after, you know, obviously for someone to spend 10 grand a year, they're not, you know, a newbie business. They're an established business, a real business been around. And they do a half a day mastermind group once a month. And so he'll have 10 guys show up uh, once a month for a half a day masterminding group. The reason why business owners like this, obviously for the consultant, that's a hundred grand a year, right? Cause it's 10 grand. He's got 10 people in there and he was working with a guy who was doing it, but the guy also had four groups. So he was making $400,000 a year and uh, basically just Saturdays were the day that he worked. Cause yeah, that's when he did the masterminds. Uh, so he had to work four days uh, a month to make 400 grand a year. Pretty good, pretty good numbers. But the reason why business owners love this, I mean, I run a mastermind group and I've got guys and we do it all on uh, Google Hangouts because they're all over the world. Technically, I mean, one guy's two guys are in Florida, uh, one guy's in the Bahamas and the rest of them are here in California. And um, the benefit, though, is they get to be around other real players. And so people are able to bring up, well, you know, this is a challenge we had in our business. And someone else goes, oh, well, you know, that's a challenge that we also had. And here's how we solved it. Another guy goes, you know, this is, you know, an area of the market we're thinking about breaking into. Who's got some ideas on how we can get into this side of the market? And masterminds are extremely uh, powerful. Um, one of the things that we do in jump school is essentially a mastermind. That's what our band of brothers call is, 
where people are able to call in and, you know, this is my question. And everyone likes to listen to what is going on in someone else's business because that helps them in their, or not business, but in their church because that helps them in their church. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so that's, I mean, that, that's why I just tell people right now that consulting is the, the gig to go for. And then, yeah. you know, to really niche it down, uh, it's becoming an expert in, in Facebook advertising and being able to show people, here's mm. how you do Facebook advertising, because um, it is something that every business owner needs. They need more clients. So, okay. So that's, that's a really helpful takeaway because some of the guys listening are thinking, well, what, what would I possibly offer? Maybe I've, I've sold doors all my life or I've worked in a factory. And it is simply learning um, some of the technologies. So for today, I was talking with a guy who said he's learning programming. He's a business mm. owner. He's, he's very well off. But he said he was learning programming. So um, even if you don't want to do his programming, you consult. If you know a bit of programming, you could be a consultant for that, but you're you're talking about the hotspots, which are actually um, Facebook and, and marketing and advertising, because this is a new medium. It's a new technology, and um, if you know something, like I was just thinking about, um, aside from the you know some of the social media stuff or or the advertising online, um, you know, let's say like you wanted to consult with churches, and there's not as much money in that. So if you want to if you think, well, you know, I've been a missionary, um, I think of uh, Mike Niels, who's been a missionary in Africa for a number of years. And uh, he, you know, he could go to missions and, and say, hey, you know, I'll help your missions program. Do you not understand how missions? A lot of churches have missions programs. They don't understand how missions work. But if you really want to make money, um, you know, you go to a business. You don't go to a church. So that's a first Yeah, step. churches are... Um I, I personally don't like working with churches because churches, I mean, in that capacity, because churches are very much like um, working with the poor. <laughs> this is going to sound right. bad. There's no politically correct way to say this. So one of my uh, buddies, he lives out in Arizona. Uh, he and I have been talking the last few weeks because he's getting into the consulting gang. And um, and I've been helping him. He, like He brings me clients for the Facebook stuff. And I mean, that's another way. I could train people on how to bring me clients and I'll do their Facebook advertising for them. And, you know, we'll split the money in a, uh, in an uneven fashion, but, uh, but you'll make a lot of money that way. So it, he comes to me and he's been doing, um, foreclosure counseling in Arizona. So for the last eight years, he's generated thousands of clients, people who where the state is paying for their mortgage because they've got all these programs in Arizona and stuff like that. And they all have to go through a, a nonprofit counselor. So he's got a company, it's a nonprofit and he's been helping these guys. And so right. he, he brings that up to me today. He goes, yeah, you know, I got this list and all these people, but um, you know, I can't sell them anything. They don't have any money. I mean, they're, they're all broke. And I've gone after that market and it's a horrible market to go after yeah. because everyone's mad. Everyone's upset. Um, you don't want to sell poor people stuff. Because yeah, it absolutely. just and, it sucks. You know, yeah, and if and if you're looking at like uh, you know like even public speaking, public speaking, you know if I go to a place and they pay me like five hundred dollars, which I I never expect money when I preach, I do it for free, right? But when uh, when I go to a place and they're like, hey, it's five hundred dollar honorarium in the business world, it would be a minimum of five thousand dollars. 
on well, it's percent. usually twenty five hundred. It's it's a little bit lower than five grand as a as a minimum. It'll typically okay. be twenty five hundred. Yeah, and and so you know, and 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 it might be you know, if I'm doing like a, uh, I I've just talked to business guys before who say you know how much I get paid for that. So you know, okay, so twenty five hundred then for say like an hour or what have you. But here's the deals. You're already cutting it down. Now I got a buddy. His name's Dave. Uh, he's with Soma Communities, and he spent. It was. It took a while to get through the course, I guess, and it took about twelve grand um, to become a certified coach. And he gets paid crazy money for spending the time and the money to become a coach. And I asked him. I said, "What's what's the essence of that?" He says, "Really, you don't answer any. Uh, <laughs> you, don't, you don't answer questions." You listen and you help them work out the solution. They train you to listen and to give feedback, but you don't really ever solve problems for people unless they specifically ask you, and, what do you think ought to do? And, and let me and, let me let me throw something in here because I don't want people to hear that and then think, oh, I gotta go be trained no. to do this. No, no, no. That's you where I was do going. Not need to pay someone else who created out of thin air a certificate. Oh, you're now a certified fill in the blank. You do not yeah. need that to go into that field at Absolutely. all. Absolutely. Absolutely. And here's the deal is that's what I was going to say is learn the field. And it's kind of weird because in the business world, all you need to, to be an expert is to say you're an expert. Yes. Yes. That's it. That's it. And I mean, one of the reasons why I do books, and I don't even know how many books I've written, um, even though I'm not known as the author between the two of us, you're known as the author. But one of the reasons why I do it is because of positioning. Like, what's an expert? It's someone from out of town with a briefcase, or in today's world, <laughs> it's someone you don't know who's written a book. Oh, well, he's the expert. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm doing Facebook advertising now, and almost everyone I talk to, I land as a client. And part of the reason is because I've got a book. So my buddy in Arizona, he's like, hey, can I put an introduction on your book? And then I can hand that out. Hey, I'm the guy who did the introduction on the book. I'm like, of course, do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. get more clients because now he's an expert. He's got a book with his name on it. doesn't matter that he didn't even write it. He wrote the introduction. Yeah. yeah. And, and guys, the reason we're saying this is because it's a lot easier than what you think to get your foot in the door. So we're trying to, you know, maybe it's an area of life where you've thought, man, that's just, that door is not even open to me. You know, I'm going to keep working it. Um, oh gosh, man, wherever. I mean, the, the guy who mentored me was a furniture repairman and he was one of those gifted ministers and gifted preachers. He's now uh, been set aside to do ministry full time uh, at a church. But I mean, gosh, man, you know, that guy, yeah, that's what he did. He scraped by and he, he barely paid the bills for a, for a number of years. But what if there was another way? What if there was a way where you could, you weren't dependent on a church, like AKA a church plant. That's why this is so important because so many people think, oh yeah, I'm going to go and I'm going to plant a church and in a year's time, babe, it'll pay me. Well, no, probably in a year's time, it'll start giving you a part-time salary. And so you're going to need something else. So if you could basically leverage your financial needs off of something that that could be done uh maybe even money while you sleep i mean we're talking about online stuff there's a lot of stuff you can do online where you don't even have to do it. you set it up 
and you get money online. And yeah, my buddy in Arizona, he was just telling me today that um, they get $5,000 a month as an affiliate. And what that means is they sell someone else's program. And he gets five grand a month from doing that. And he literally doesn't do anything. He's just got a website set up. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So, Pete, what's the first step? Like, uh, let's say one of our church planners is like, hey, man, you know, I hear this and I'm really inspired. Uh, what is their first step? Like, wh where are they going to go? What are they going to do? What, what would you tell them first? So the, from, from Joe Blow working at uh, Walmart, uh, wanting to plant a church in, uh, you know, stinky pit bill. Uh, what's he going to do now? Well, you know, I would say there's, there's a lot of different ways that you can do this. Probably the reason, I mean, there's, there's two reasons that I like being a marketing consultant the best. One is obviously it's a field I know. I mean, we talk about it on the podcast that I'm the marketing guy. So I know marketing and I love marketing. Um, you and I were talking one time and you said something that was really, really funny to me. You're like, yeah, I'm giving these guys all this advice. And he's like, and you know, I barely even know what the heck I'm talking about. And they're all like, wow, this is incredible. And I just looked at you and I go, Hey, in the land of the blind, the one eyed man is King. And you started <laughs> laughing and you're like, yeah, it's true. And that's well, the thing. That, the, the funny thing about church planning, right? Is that nobody's an expert on this. I mean, and we've said that it, right? you weren't talking about church planning though. It was something else oh, okay. completely. All right. Okay. And, and you were, just, I was like, dude, just cause it, cause it had to do with marketing. It was marketing something. I don't even know what oh, it right. was. All right. Yeah. But probably because of our oh, conversations and publishing, I don't know. Maybe it could have been. Yeah. But it, but the, my, my point is this, like marketing is one of those things that every business needs. And if, if you're like me, I love to watch Shark Tank. It's one of my favorite shows. Jamie and I watch it every Friday night. Damon uh, on the show, Damon Johns, I think is his name. Uh, yeah. He's He's got FUBU was his company. Yeah. On more than one occasion, he's made the comment, marketing, oh, that's the black hole in every business. No one knows how it works. You know, money just goes down it. But like... Basically, what he's saying is, I don't even know how marketing works. And you know he doesn't. Like, his whole thing is branding, which yeah. guys like me think is stupid because it's a waste of money. But he was able to stumble on and, and make money. My point is this. You got guys at that level who don't get marketing. You can be the one-eyed man, and you're king. And that's the reason why, like, Facebook is one of those things. And I'm not talking about, like, social media. I'm talking about Facebook advertising. Those ads that you see are sponsored in your news feed or on the right side of Facebook. It is really easy to do that stuff. And if you know how to do it and they don't know how to do it, they will pay you handsomely to do it. And yeah. you can deliver them new clients, you know, right now. And that's what they want. They want new yeah. clients. You're able to give them what they want. So, you know, where would I start? The first thing I would start is just, you know, what is it that I really want to accomplish? What is it that I'm trying to do? And you kind of got to back into it because it may not be, you know, a marketing consultant. It may not be doing Facebook. You know, I, I, it, de it depends where everybody's at. That's the area that I know. And that's where I can give people the most help because yeah. I know that area. Um, we've got uh, a, a guy who both you and I know that he does a lot of consulting really in the area of sales because he's a salesman. Yeah. And so companies will hire him and he'll be like, you know, walking them through. Well, this is how we need to do it. And, and, um, 
And there's so many ways to get clients for that. I mean, that's the thing that everyone wants to know is how do I get clients? Let me, let me tell you, first of all, um, I do uh, free meetings. I do um, webinars. I do uh, paid meetings. You know, this is where they pay to attend. I do meetings where it's a hundred bucks to show up and we return your hundred bucks at the end of the event. We just want to get you there. Uh, and of course the point of doing that is we're going to sell them on higher packages once they show up. A lot of pastors like that type of stuff because they're already public speakers by nature. Not all of them are, but a good a majority of them are. And if you like public speaking, then doing webinars, doing speeches, things like that is a great way to go. Um, yeah. Every service organization out there has a weekly meeting. So your Kiwanis, your Rotaries, your Lions groups, um, and those are all business owners. And so it's it's really easy for you to call up. I, I mean, when I did this, because uh, I used to do a lot of this, I would call them up and I had like a 96% close rate of being able to go speak because every week they had to have a, speak, a speaker for 30 minutes. So, I mean, they're constantly looking for speakers. So you can go, hey, look, I do a program on, you know, um, like in my case, I do how to generate uh, fresh hot clients in the next 20 minutes with Facebook. I got a 20 minute talk on that. Would you like me to come in there and share about that? And they'd be like, sure, because they got to have someone anyway. They don't even care what you're going to talk about. They they just need to have someone come in and talk because the program chair has got a day job and now they got to fill up this meeting and they're they're already annoyed. You go in there, yeah. you do a great bang out job. And by the way, if any of you would like to know how this might be uh, work in your business, I'll be here for a few minutes afterwards. I'd love to chat with you. Boom. Now you're and, getting in front of people. Seen this, like, uh, like you've seen guys who have set up uh, internet companies overnight, right? Like where they say, hey, uh, we'll do web design. And what they really do is they go into WordPress and they set up a website. I, I saw this guy, <laughs> um, Exponential uses them. Um, you know, a lot of the big boys are using them right now. And I saw his website and I was super impressed. And not long ago, I, I started looking through uh, wordplay, uh, WordPress templates. And dude, they, like people are dropping big money. Like I asked him, what's, what's the minimum that you charge for a, a website overhaul? And it was like seven grand. And I think he had been paid. I'm raising my price. Yeah, I think it was something like 15 by uh, Exponential to rebrand and do their new website. And I went, I went online. Like I said, I was just hunting through Word, WordPress templates. And I found, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I, I could do this very thing. Like, other than a logo redesign, but I found a place that does that for $5. It's and called like, Fiverr.com. So, so you, you, you go on there and, and, and you realize, but I can, I can kind of what we're saying earlier, guys, or you can come in and say, I am an expert web designer, you know, because you say you are, because you know where the tools are. And it's the same with Amy Porterfield for like Facebook, right? Mm -hmm. If you wanted to do Facebook advertising, you go to Amy Porterfield and you, you just Google her name. She does webinars all the time. She'll tell you how to do this stuff like nonstop. And she makes tons of money teaching people how to do Facebook. Now I know her name is associated with Facebook advertising and I don't even know how she's an expert. I just know she says she is and tons of people pay big money to listen to what she says. What's funny is I've gone through her courses and I've gone through other courses and I've gone through even more expensive courses. Every single one of them says the exact same thing. Cause there's only so many tricks to the trade. Like yeah. literally it's not that complicated where most business owners are is they don't get the internet, 
uh, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to are like, well, I don't even know how to use Facebook. That's fine. Your clients do. Yeah. So like when you're talking about the WordPress stuff, I literally, before you called, I was working on a website. I had a guy pay me four grand for it. And really the whole thing will take me from start to finish probably at, at most 16 hours. Yeah. I mean, that ain't, I don't know what that is, but that's pretty good because then it also goes to a monthly after that. He's got to pay me two fifty a month to do uh, upkeep on it, and upkeep on it is probably you know thirty to sixty seconds a month of of actual work. Um, but it's it's a value to him because he doesn't know how to do it, and they know that when they get they hire me, they're going to get it done. Like that's the thing that you got to understand is that people will pay for results. But they will also pay through the nose for consistency. Like, do you know how many web guys out there disappear on you? And you're like, well, okay, yeah, you paid that guy that amount of money. Well, that's great. But uh, you know what? He's gone now. This is what I charge. And I'm here. So if you've got integrity and you're like, I'm going to be there every month, month in and month out. I got one client right now. It pays me 500 bucks a month. And most of the work that I do for him, I outsource and it cost me, I don't know, maybe $20, $25 a month. But that's the whole way that you make money in a leveraged fashion. You know, you cash big checks and you write small checks. That's the secret, yeah. right? Right there. You know, that's how business owners do it. They hire you because you make the money. There's not a single position at a business that a business owner hires for that isn't in some way or another going to make him money by having that position. Like yeah. even HR, we always go, oh, everyone hates HR. Well, the business owner has to have HR because if he doesn't have HR, he can't have his other guys, his key employees that are bringing in all the money. So you always hire to make more money. And that's the position you're in. Even as a self-employed person, you want to cash bigger checks just like the business owner does and write small checks. That's the name of the game. Cash big, write small. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, it's interesting because, uh, you know, what, what we're talking about really is seeing the opportunity. And so our church planners are kind of doing this already, right? They're doing it in a gospel sense. They're looking at the culture. They're reading the culture. They're, uh, you know, obviously putting a spiritual uh, dimension on this. We don't want to, like, just say, oh, it's just the same. It's not completely the same, but... Paul uses the same terminology when he's talking in Ephesians where he says, uh, make the most of every opportunity. And Well, they're going to be looking at you, too, and watching what you do. So if yeah, you say absolutely. you're going to do something, you need to do it. If you don't know how to do something, you need to say, you know what? That's a great question. I don't have the answer, but I'll get back to you with an answer on that. Because absolutely. the other guys aren't doing that. And that's how you set yourself apart. That's how you make a difference. Yeah. And, and so, you know, Paul, Paul says, he says, you know, buy up every opportunity. And so Paul is, is talking, think of it, Paul was an entrepreneur. Paul was a business owner. And not only was he a business owner, he was entrepreneurial in that he moved around from town to town and he had to start all over again every time. New business venture every time. Now, obviously, he knew the same skill. He knew the same trade. But he had to do all of his marketing. He had to set up shop all over again. And he did it every single time for the gospel. That means that he had to have his advertising, his marketing. He had to, you know, hang a, a, a board out that said, hey, I'm an expert in this. So all the things we're talking are what Paul did basically to leverage it. John Wesley was entrepreneurial. 
Um, he had multiple business ventures that, that ran, that he either inherited, people gave him, but that he managed so that uh, even all the funds that came in, he was entrepreneurial on that. He started meeting houses, um, places where guys could, churches with upstairs, um, double-decker double churches. The upstairs were living quarters with the central meeting area. Downstairs was the church building. That's how he built some churches, Bristol. Uh, which was base of operations work that way. So you, you find that guys who are entrepreneurial often are used if they have the entrepreneurial gift on top of the um, church planning gift to be movement makers. And so it's not as far of a stretch. But yeah, I think consistency, working hard, all that stuff you're talking about, that's where the rubber kind of really meets the road there is if you don't have the ability to work hard, because it's how we started, right? And, and, and as we finish here, um, it takes work. Like when you work for a company, it's so different because you go to bed at night and you clock off. When you're an entrepreneur or a business owner, um, you, you don't have that luxury. You're, you're, you're never completely switched off, right? Yep. You can't. So I can't turn it yeah. off. I mean, like, you know, I used to always ask you, you know, something about, I can't remember here, like, well, all the gazelle knows in the mornings, he's got to be faster. <laughs> uh, faster than the slowest line. gazelle or the line will eat him and the line's got to be faster than the, I can't remember it now, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was brilliant. And uh, you, you went through a phase where you were saying all the time and it was funny as heck, but it's so true. And, uh, you know, so guys, like Pete said, you know, it's not for all of you. Like, we don't want you guys all to, to launch out and to be doing that. But, I, Pete, I think that's brilliant what you're talking about. And I see it right now. I see it big time. Um, there is a lot to be said. You know, an expert is someone who has enough experience. They say if you do any field for 10 years, you eventually become an expert. The, the only reason I always say with church planning is nobody's an expert is because you don't have all of the experiences. Every time I plant, I get new experiences. But what I can say is that, you know, I've been doing this for quite a while and uh, it is going on 10 years. And that experience really, it, it does something to you when you learn to think this way. But also for us, there's a spiritual dimension as well where the Lord will give you insight into, you know, what's going on and, and all these things. But if he's going to do that for church planning and church planning, mentoring, coaching, whatever, he'll do that for you too. So don't, you know, also don't separate these things. You know, if, if this is going to be how you pay your bills, then like Paul's tent making, it will also be an extension of ministry mm. and there will be crossover and the Lord will speak to you and guide you and give you wisdom if this is what he wants you to do. A lot like how he did Daniel, where it says everything he put his hand to prospered. Same with Joseph. He wanted him in the house of Potiphar and he wanted him in the house of Pharaoh because that was going to be instrumental for the kingdom. So because of that, he, uh, you know, he, he gave him favor and blessed him in that. So keep that in mind that God will bless you. I'll, I'll say one other thing, too. It, the, the Facebook advertising thing, I'm actually going to do a webinar um, with my buddy on how to get into that. And if any of our church planners want to go through that, I mean, we haven't even put it together yet. Um, you know, reach out to me either on Facebook or, uh, you know, call in, you know, our five, six, two, five, five, three, zero, 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 four number. 
And, um, and I'll, I'll let you know about that. But I mean, that's the area of consulting that I know really well is marketing consulting. And that, yeah. like you said, it may or may not be for you. And I think for a lot of people, it's not for them. And just like with network marketing, right? Everyone tries to like, oh, it's the system. Anybody can do it. It's not right for everybody. And yeah. just look at it that way and know that it may not be for you. And uh, if if you guys haven't uh, remembered to um, keep plugging away at the uh, Church Planner Magazine giveaway, we are giving away now 30 books, not 27. Who are the other We've three books? Couple, we had a few more books thrown in. We had um, Sentness by uh, Kim Hammond. We had Finding Organic Church by Frank Viola checked in there. Um, thanks to uh, their generosity. And there's one other one I can't remember the name of, but we've had a few books thrown in. And uh, so anyways, if you guys uh, want to do that, you go to churchplannermagazine.com and it's get 27 of the best. Actually, churchplannerlibrary.com. Churchplannerlibrary. Church I like it. Churchplannerlibrary.com. And you will see uh, the offer for $500 worth of church planning books. And uh, all you got to do is sign up and... Uh, you know, I think you, what, what do you have to do? You have to enter and then you re, you get more points. You get more you. entries for every person you refer in. So tweet it, Facebook it, email everyone on your core team and tell them they have to go sign up. You get more entries and they get a chance at it too. And if you guys win, you can split it. Yeah. And as you go to the, as you go to the site, it'll tell you how many entries you have. And the more people that you refer, the more entries you get. So it's pretty cool. And we still got as of the time where this, uh, kicks off, you will have, I think, what is it? If this goes live on Monday, you will have five more days to do this. And you can do a lot in five days. So hope you guys uh, do well and win. And thanks for tuning in today. This has been the Church Planner Podcast, reminding you that if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Music